everyone. My name is Lucia Czaczulovic and today is Friday the 27th of January 2023. Joining me today are Tim Gegi and Manuel Villegas who will give us an update on traditional currencies and crypto assets. But first, let's see what has happened in the markets. Starting off with the main news item of yesterday, the latest data release out of the US showed that GDP rose 2.9% annualized for the fourth quarter of 2022. This is better than analysts had predicted, but slower than the 3.2% pace in the third quarter. Consumer spending, which makes about 68% of GDP, weakened to 2.1% from 2.3% in the third quarter, but clearly remained positive. Jobless claims also came in lower than expected at 186,000 versus the expected 205,000. The mixed report implies that the US Federal Reserve still has a path to a soft landing, with officials set to further lower their rate increases next week and perhaps start to talk about taking a break from rate hikes soon. US stocks initially had a mixed reaction to the news, first increasing, then falling, but they then ended the day with a rally. The S&P 500 closed at the highest level in more than a month, and the Nasdaq 100 rose 2% to the highest level since September, led by an 11% gain for Tesla, as Elon Musk teased potential for the car maker to produce 2 million cars this year. European markets also ended the day higher yesterday. Markets have been supported this week by data showing improved business sentiment in Germany and an uptick in Eurozone services and manufacturing activity, prompting optimism that the recession in the region might be avoided. In Asia overnight, stocks advanced for a sixth straight day, with Hong Kong-listed technology stocks among the regional leaders, as they have been since around October. Japan's inflation exceeded estimates and rose to the highest level since 1981. Quickly rising prices will add pressure on the Bank of Japan to scale back its stimulus after it redoubled its efforts to depress bond yields earlier this month. The yield on the 10-year Japanese government bond rose to 0.48%, inching close to the central bank's upper ceiling of 0.5%. And in other news, Japan and the Netherlands are poised to join the US in limiting China's access to advanced semiconductor machinery, forming a powerful coalition that will undercut Beijing's ambitions to build its own domestic chip capabilities. Meanwhile, China is poised to become the world's number two exporter of passenger vehicles, surpassing the US and South Korea. This is a milestone that could reshape the global auto industry and spark new tensions with trading partners and rivals. Furthermore, the country is considering an export ban to help it maintain its dominance in solar manufacturing. Elsewhere in markets, oil prices rose on the back of optimism over Chinese demand, while gold prices slipped somewhat. So what can we expect for the day ahead? In the US, investors will be watching for economic reports that will give more information about the state of inflation. Personal income and spending and pending home sales for December are due today, as well as the Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index, which is a preferred inflation measurement for the Federal Reserve. Consumer sentiment for January will also be released. It's some of the last data that will be released ahead of the Fed's next meeting, which starts at the end of January. In Europe, economic data set for release today include consumer confidence in France, fourth quarter GDP in Spain and retail sales for Ireland. Finally, European stocks look set for a positive open today, while US futures are currently trading in the red. And that's all for the market summary. 
Now, taking a closer look at traditional currencies and metals, Tim, what developments do you see there? Thank you, Lucia, and good morning. Well, as usual for a pre-Fed week, this week has rather flattered to deceive. Gold, for example, really looked like it might uh, take another step higher, but this morning is back in 1925. Euro dollar still bobs around the 1109 uh, and so forth. We've all got eyes, you are thinking, so what? Well, indeed, so what do we do next? First of all, what is the Fed going to bring us? Sadly, I think it is still one meeting too early to really understand the Fed's position for 2023. They will hike and keep everything pretty much neutral. That's my expectation. The March meeting, however, is fully live, and we should see better than where the Fed stand because they really start to get very close to this terminal rate of 5% that people have been talking about. However, we still think here that the Fed are almost done, and this should make any more significant dollar strength rather tricky. So, indeed, before I said, what do we do? Well, what do we do? On the desk here, we're trying to move away from a pure dollar view and trying to pick out some individual opportunities for outperformance. We're looking closely at the Australian dollar, where the China reopening story should be supportive and the Reserve Bank of Australia's more cautious stance may well be called into question, suspect they may have to do a bit more than what they've been saying. And therefore, we can really see the Australian dollar as one currency where we might see some real outperformance. I'd look at straight cash or forward positions. Yield is really not bad at all. There's plenty of things to invest in. While a reverse convertible is a nice compromise for cash to get a slightly better entry point. Still like the yen, of course, it's true that there it is harder to take an exposure due to the lack of yield. Still, though, it really should outperform due to the expected adjustment in central bank policy that we see coming later in the spring. Finally, we're looking quite closely at metals. There's an argument for outperformance here, but gold is very, very high still. So I would just be careful not to get too ambitious in the search for gains on existing longs, especially historical longs. Where maybe clients have been frustrated not to exit already once or twice before. I'd watch that carefully. My constant favorite, platinum, is back to much more appealing levels. And while I would prefer not to buy it outright above 1,000, a reverse convertible with a strike below 950 would make sense to me, something like that anyway, because I do still think it should go back to 1,100 uh, and beyond. With the Fed next week, I won't ramble on too much today, but hopefully there are a couple of ideas to take away. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the weekend and back to you, Lucia. Thank you very much, Tim. And now moving on to the world of crypto. Good morning, Manuel. You have an update for us on digital assets. Good morning, Lucia. So this year has started on a rather positive note for crypto. Investors' risk appetite is coming back and blockchain fundamentals are picking up. Asset prices have rallied as well. However, the world's largest exchange seems unable to learn from others' mistakes. Even after November's fiasco with FTX, Binance is still not segregating assets properly. The so-called proof of reserves has backfired, as Binance listed public wallets and users realized that there was far more collateral than needed for specific assets. This was because they had customer funds in the same wallet addresses as their collateral reserves for their own tokens. So why does Binance need collateral for their own tokens? Because whenever Binance wants to issue a non-native token, say Ether, for example, to their own blockchain, they need to issue a synthetic token of it, while locking the original token in the Ethereum blockchain. This is a common practice and it should be routine. What should not be routine is lack of segregation. Events like this showcase that the crypto ecosystem has still plenty of room to grow in terms of compliance and legal practices. The stain that FTX left on centralized exchanges has not vanished. We thus reiterate our assessment that 
more regulation will be required to restore lost trust in the asset class. We still believe that the wounds will likely take more time to heal, even though we are of the opinion that cryptos have left the worst behind. So back to you, Lucia. Thank you very much for your insights, Manuel. That's all for today's show then. Thanks for tuning in and please join us again on Monday. Bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favorite podcast player.